When Death Comes by Judith Klimos When death comes, it is not convenient or better or easy. It doesn't come with manners, etiquette, or rules to follow. It doesn't come bringing a gold-leafed invitation you can decline. It comes with surgical steel precision dissecting your life. Death may come in the quiet of night with a crash. It may come at high noon with a silent breath. It may be welcomed like a soft bed of blankets after a long journey. It may be as disagreeable as a bed of nails. Death comes without explanation, justification, or reason. It comes without being fair or just or reversible. It comes without your permission, approval, or acceptance. It comes without an undo button or an option to refuse delivery. When death comes, it cares not what God you do or do not believe in. Whether you went to temple, church, mosque, or Sunday brunch, it cares not what's in your bank account or on your to-do list. It certainly cares not whether you are ready. When grief comes, it comes ripping shreds of flesh from emotional bones, filling them with marrow of sorrow. It cares not how many birthdays you've had, nor how many degrees hang on your wall. Grief comes bringing unbelievable pain and intolerable numbness. It comes bringing more questions than answers. It may come as a gentle wave on the shore or as a tidal wave tossing you under and over. Grief comes without respect to place or time or status. It wreaks havoc with equilibrium and motivation. It causes doubt, isolation, and disorientation. It is unilaterally deaf to desperate pleas for mercy. When grief comes, it comes without kindness or compassion. It cares not that you are overflowing with it and unable to breathe. It cares not that it brands epitaphs on your heart. It cares only that it change you forever. Welcome to the Death Witch Podcast a podcast that covers anything and everything, dying, death, grief, and bereavement. The title of The Death Witch is a play on several things, a tongue-in-cheek play on the terms death watch and having a death wish while tapping into my more mystical side. The Death Witch podcast hopes to be one of your favorites to turn for inspiration, comfort, education, and guidance as we move back towards a culture of understanding death as a companion to life rather than an enemy. The Death Witch is a place to talk about death in a positive, inspiring, and sacred way with perhaps a little gallows humor thrown in. I am Judith Klimos, your host, but you can call me Jade. I am without a doubt eclectic. If I had to use a bucket label to describe myself and my services, 
it would be transition support specialists. And in that bucket would be labels like end of life, sacred attendant, interfaith, spiritual advisor, intuitive energy healing master, social worker, and author. No matter the label, my goal is to use my education and experience to assist people making all sorts of transitions in their lives with the least amount of suffering. The death witch is in, so let's listen to today's episode. Welcome back to the Death Witch Podcast. My intention for this episode is to be an open book, to allow you to see behind the marketing taglines and website descriptions. Because how can you assess the information I share if you don't know all the places and times from whence I've gathered it? To do this, though, feels intelligent, or maybe it feels boastful. In my other podcast, The Foul Mouth Woman, I talk about how that's a result of patriarchal conditioning. It isn't polite for women to boast about their accomplishments, and any time a woman speaks of her accomplishments, it's seen as boastful. But this isn't that show. This is a show about death care work. And if you're going to trust someone with something so intimate, then that intimacy needs to go both ways. So this isn't boasting, it's disclosing. Join me now for today's revealing episode of The Death Witch. When I started doing hospice social work, I was 25. I had worked with intellectually and physically challenged adults since college and had taken a position as a nursing home social worker. I cannot tell you how many times someone looked at me and said, you're so young, what do you know of death? I experienced several traumas in my childhood and for the most part, I never really spoke of them, but ever since starting these podcasts, I seem to be speaking of them much more frequently. And most of those traumas were death related. It started when I was three years old and I found my father's body lying on the floor of my parents' bedroom. I do remember it in great detail. Three is not too young to remember. But according to my mother, I didn't speak for days and would not say goodbye to anyone after the funeral. When I was six, my mother and aunt, while driving to the hospital to see my grandmother on Thanksgiving Day, were hit head on by a drunk driver. My aunt was thrown through the windshield and died four days later and my mother, pinned in by the steering wheel, hit her head in the windshield, cracking it. She was unconscious for days and in the hospital for a long time. When I was about eight or so, my uncle came home for a visit from the Amazon and died of an aortic aneurysm while staying with us. These traumatic experiences were enough to give me plenty of knowledge about death. So when I would share them briefly with my patients and families, they were more comfortable taking comfort and guidance from such a young social worker. Some might say it's inappropriate to share such things, but my mindset has always been one of transparency to build trust. 
We all know grief is different for everyone, and yet it matters to us that someone have had similar experiences when we look for reassurance. The loss of my child will be different than the loss you experience of your child. And yet having that in common makes us more relatable to one another than someone who had lost a parent but not a child. This is exactly why specific loss support groups are so beneficial. Those with similar losses can find comfort in sharing their unique experience of the same loss. My adult life has also been filled with loss and trauma. At the age of 24, I married, as they said then, outside my race, and had one biracial child of that union. During that marriage, I miscarried two other pregnancies, one of which was twins, and I lost both of those pregnancies while working in hospice. During that time, I was also diagnosed with malignant melanoma. We were married for 23 years before we divorced. And three and a half years later, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. He died six months after that diagnosis, and my daughter was just 22. I had been a working social worker since 1987 until I semi-retired in 2014. I did hospice for 12 of those years and was honored to do it. I believe that because of my early personal experiences of death, I was able to meet people in their wounded space and sit with them in a way that no one else really could. But it was more than my education and experience of loss that I brought with me to those bedsides. In 1990, at the same time I was introduced to hospice work, I was also introduced to energy work. My director at the time taught me therapeutic touch to assist hospice patients with pain relief, anxiety, and terminal restlessness. I was astounded at how effective it was. It was so effective that I started using it not only on my patients, but also on my family and friends. In the many years since, I mastered several modalities and became certified in many of them, including therapeutic touch and the perhaps more well-known Reiki. I've also studied shamanism and received the Munakai shamanic rites. I have expanded my energy healing practice to include the use of crystals and guided imagery and visualization as well. I'm also a highly sensitive, intuitive, and empath. It is these other things that make it difficult to always express what it is I do very clearly. It's unlike medicine where there's a defined protocol for each symptom. In the metaphysical or energetic world, there are as many interventions for one symptom as they are individuals experiencing them. My mission, or maybe perhaps my superpower, is to hold space in which transformation takes place when one is open to it. It is for this reason I was able to serve all the members of the community in which I worked regardless of ethnicity, religious belief, socioeconomic status, or skin color. I was never there to show them how to do anything right. I was there simply to support them in doing what was right for them as they determined it. I am a very spiritual person. I have the ability to respect other people's belief 
and hold space in whatever capacity they need. I was raised very Catholic, yet now follow a more earth-based way of spirituality. Because of this, I am comfortable offering support in whatever way the patient or family desire. My ultimate goal is to be able to provide spiritual support to those who identify more spiritual than religious, but have a need for some sort of guidance. Because my belief is nature-related, though, it blends easily with those who choose to follow a more traditional path of organized religion, but perhaps are seeking something more. It is because of this eclectic mix of mysticism, spirituality, social work, and energy work that I choose to embrace the title Sacred Attendant instead of simply calling myself an end-of-life doula. It is rewarding to me to provide holistic support throughout the stages of one's life, not just at the end. I did attend a death doula training just to see what others meant when they were talking of this work. I wanted that information before deciding whether or not I was already qualified to call myself an end-of-life doula. I am more than qualified. It is my greatest desire to alleviate unnecessary fear and suffering when it comes to living and dying. I hope you find that in the episodes of this podcast. And should you ever need holistic support at the end of your life or that of someone you love, that you consider reaching out to me at healingritesofpassage at gmail.com or leave me a voice message on this podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Death Witch. Please join me in the next episode. Thank you for listening to The Death Witch Podcast. I do hope that something of today spoke to your heart and gets you thinking more about death as a part of life. This podcast is listener-supported. If you care to support the production costs, simply click support on our page. The content of this podcast is the expressed experience and opinions of the host, Jade Klimos, and those of the guests of the podcast. It is not meant to constitute counseling or direction, nor is it meant to be a substitute for professional advice. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by the host. The views expressed by guests on the, are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. <laughs>